0: Good morning. Once again, I'm having some difficulties. If you can't hear me, but you see my mouth moving, please let me know. <laughs> I'm having some technical difficulties this morning already, and I haven't even started. Welcome to Turfgrass Epistemology. My name is Travis Shaddix. Thank you all for coming this morning. If you're here, you're interested in turfgrass science, and
1: we are here to find out how we know what we know about turfgrass science. I see some meters moving, so I'm gonna assume that the audio is
0: working. But I'm not gonna swear to it, so. If anybody has any IT experience or audio, experience, please let me know, because for some reason my microphone does not like me. Okay, thank you all for letting me know, it sounds good. Okay. I see a lot of people already here this morning. Randy and Mitch and Connecticut Cubonic and Super TA. Transition, transition Zone Guy 7B. I'm sorry if I don't remember you, but welcome. If, if you've been here before, I apologize. It's hard for me to keep track of everything. First time I remember seeing that name. Yeah,
1: it sounds like everybody got a little bit of a cold snap last night. I woke up this morning. It was about 30 here, 31. There's some ice outside. I didn't know it, and I quickly learned that was not water. That was ice on the ground. So it got cold last night. A storm front came through and rained all night last night here here in Lexington. And this morning it's freezing, but the rest of the week is going to be super nice. It's supposed to be sunny here. I guess this is all this weather is headed up toward the, towards New England at the moment. So sorry if you guys are going to get hit up there, but it looks like it's coming your way just past us. It's February 13th, 2024. <clears throat> I'm going to be off on Wednesday night for Valentine's. I totally forgot that that's Valentine's Day night. Valentine's Day night. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, so I won't be here on Wednesday night, but there's a pretty good chance that I'll have an additional show this week, either on Thursday or Friday. And if I do, it will be because I'm trying to get an author on and he said he might be available either Thursday or on Friday, and I have no idea what time. So you'll see it posted on the live chat if, or the live stream upcoming live stream if, if I end up doing that on Thursday or Friday. Pretty good chance I'll do it. It's all depending on his schedule.
0: So uh look forward to that. If um if I get him on, it'll be exciting where he has a he has a nitrification volatilization paper that we're gonna go
1: over. Other thing is I'm gonna try to keep this to an hour. It seems like after about an hour my voice starts to go. It's difficult for me to speak. My voice starts to kind of break and i can't speak very well without it irritating my my throat so i'm gonna try to speed things up a little bit more and get out of here in an hour so i don't have such difficulty speaking <laughs> so you might have noticed that i tend to have challenges speaking after about an hour my throat goes we have an article today we're gonna, for the last week or two we've been talking about nitrogen and this whole week we're talking about nitrogen sta- stabilized nitrogen, which is the essentially urea or ammonium sulfate, but nowadays in our industry it's primarily urea. It has an additive, usually two additives. One additive is intended to reduce the volatilization of urea, and then the other additive is intended or included to reduce the conversion of ammonium into nitrate. So we're going over those two compounds all week this week, today and tomorrow, and then maybe again on Thursday or Friday. The take-home message is basically these products work in ag quite well. And what I mean by work is they they end up increasing yield. So the farmer makes more money from yield than they spent on the additive. But in turf grass, we generally don't see that. The benefits are few and far between, and when there is a benefit, it, it doesn't account for the additional cost of the product in turfgrass science. So most of the literature, I think most of the scientists, well, I don't know, I have to ask them, but I think most of the literature, and it's my opinion, that the lack of effectiveness of these products in turfgrass science is due to a couple things. but. It's primarily the soil turf grass system is fundamentally different than an agricultural system where we have in turf grass we have a lot of roots we generally can control the water better because of that we can move the urea into the soil the turf grass has a much greater capability of taking it up than row crops generally. In row crops we have less control over water and because of that oftentimes we can have gaseous loss of nitrogen but in turf grass we just generally don't have those conditions. And therefore we don't generally have there's a, a need for these products in our management practices it would be different if the nitrification or the stabilized nitrogen sources were 5 or 10% more than urea it, it wouldn't i wouldn't really be sitting here having a conversation probably because there's like that's eh, it's 5 or 10% more you know even if i get 5 or 10% more increase then it's probably worth it but they're not 5 or 10% more m- money compared to urea. They're oftentimes twice as expensive as urea. And because of that gap in cost, we um, we just don't see the concomitant increase in some other desirable metric. There's also oftentimes I've ran into people who have this understanding that the nitrification inhibitors and the urease inhibitors prolong the uh, the solubility or uptake potential of, these, of the urea. In other words, it turns a, a urea into somewhat of a slow-release type of a product. And the evidence doesn't support that either. And this paper here will show that as well. It's still urea. It's still soluble. It doesn't necessarily result in a prolonged, result or pr- prolonged um, response just because you're slowing down your
0: urease and you're slowing down denitrification or nitrification, that doesn't that doesn't in turn result in extended
1: longevity of the urea. We don't see that in turf grass anyway. So we're going to talk about that today in this paper. Before I, before I move on to it, there were a couple of things that happened yesterday. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page with, or you're all, you all understand why I'm here. I'm here doing this content for only one reason. And that is to have a beneficial impact on the turf grass industry. That's it. This actually costs me money to run. Okay. There's no money made on this channel. I'm not selling anything. I don't sell fertilizer. I have some services I provide if you're so inclined to take advantage of those,
0: but I'm here to help. And that's it.
1: I mean, there's no other reason. And I try to do that by presenting the evidence in scientific literature but please understand it's i've said this before it's not Travis Shattuck
0: saying this stuff okay i'm simply
1: communicating the evidence that has been published in the scientific literature so when you leave and you you know you receive this information you know use it as best you can and you know assimilate it and you know Turn it into use. That's what we that's what we want. That's what we do this research for. But please keep in mind that it's not me saying it. Okay. So the manner in which I communicate it is another
0: issue. If if you're if you've if you've been um I don't know,
1: focusing on the manner in which I speak. The foibles in my character, my mannerisms, and so forth. That's another issue completely. Try, you know, Focus on the content. Okay, and it's the content that I'm trying to get across. The way in which I get it across, if you're going to judge that, and you're going to criticize that, that's what I am. I mean, I'm on YouTube, you can criticize me all you want. I'm putting myself out there. But I'm not really interested in that. I'm not really going to engage with you if you're going to judge and criticize me as a human, as a person. If you want to judge and criticize the scientific literature, come on. You know, let's, let's talk about it. That's what I do. That's what I'm interested in. So, you know, the content is what I'm trying to get across. And that's what I am strongly in favor of critiquing as I've said many times, I'm not in favor of judging or criticizing other humans or their behaviors or their color or their skin or their religion or their politics or all of that to me is irrelevant to turfgrass science. It has no impact on turfgrass science at all. So say what you want about humans, but if you're going to criticize and judge other humans, don't expect me to engage with you on that regard. Okay. I'm here to help people by communicating evidence in the scientific literature. And if you disagree with the scientific literature, publish your paper, (laughs) you know, where's your paper, publish your paper and bring it on and we'll talk about it. But, um, that's what I'm here for is, is the science. And I hope that, um, this feels to you all like it's a safe place to kind of just come and learn science. I'm not talking about politics. I don't talk about religion. I'm not going to talk about someone's, place where they were born, or they're autistic, or they're ADHD, or they're heterosexual or homosexual, or whatever. I couldn't care less about any of that in terms of how it affects turfgrass science. I care about you as a human, regardless of all that. Whatever you may or may not be, or however you recognize yourself, is is important to me as as you are a human. But I'm here to talk about turfgrass science, and that's what I hope that we stick to. And,
0: and, um, that's that, okay? So
1: today, the article we're gonna talk about is a, a really good article. I like, I like the article and I like the, the manner in which they show it. It's a little bit um, like yesterday's article. And I'm gonna show some of the results in a PowerPoint that's just a little easier to, to, to understand, I guess. But again, we're talking about DCD, which is diamide. for those people who may be new to that product or turfgrass science. The title of it is Evaluation of Dicyandiamide Amended Fertilizers on Kentucky Bluegrass. It was published by Mosdell, Daniel, and Freeborg. I believe these guys were in Illinois, Indiana. So they, they were at Purdue. This was published in Agronomy Journal in 1986. So, for those of you who may be new to the channel, these most of these articles I go over are published in the, one of the Tri Society journals: Agronomy Journal, Soil Science Society of America Journal, Crop Science, or Journal of Environmental Quality. I also go over Hort Science and ASHS, American Society of Horticultural Sciences, as well. So, if you ever want to look up stuff, if you ever want to just peruse the scientific literature, you can go to crops.org, agronomy.org, soils.org, ASHS.org. Um, the Weed Science Society of America—they have a, um, really good journals that they publish in as well—and just search their literature. You can at least come up with the abstract. And if all you do is pull this up and read the abstract, you can see this portion right here where it says abstract, and you can read—it's pretty clear in the abstract
0: that. Hang on, let me let me get to it.
1: I mean. Let's just read a couple sentences in the abstract. This would, if you not if you're not a member, or you don't want to go to the library and and download this article, or go to your university and download article, download, download download the article. You can read the abstract and get some basic information. And in the abstract, it says clipping yields in response to DCD amended fertilizers were similar similar to that of urea. <laughs> so. You know, you can see the clipping yield is not going to change. Where's the, see if they say the quality, because the, oh, here, turf quality of plots receiving IBD, oh, IBD was superior to all other in sources. I was looking for DCD. Uh, they don't see the, um, it's in here somewhere. I'm just missing it. We'll talk about the quality. Fall applied DCD did not influence soil ammonium or nitrate concentrations at the top 20, or top 20 centimeters. And so, oh, here it is at the end or so the last sentence in the abstract should tell you right here what you you know at least give you a, some confidence on whether or not you should consider using it it says the sh- the last sentence of the abstract says the short period of effectiveness of dcd would seldom warrant its use as a nitrification inhibitor in turf <laughs> sometimes i mean I, there's some really good authors today i don't know if i put myself in that category but there's some really good authors today that would say stuff like that that just say this is what it is but oftentimes we see we don't see that quite worded so tersely you know it's it's i just have i just like reading these old articles because back then in 86 there was less of an impact from there was less bias in the literature from funding agencies and sponsors because a lot of the research was funded by the state so they just said hey it wouldn't warrant its use. <laughs> don't use it. <laughs> Nowadays, it would be worded a lot soft, more softer than that. I think. I think. But anyway, you can just read that for free. The abstract for free, and get an idea what what the, what we're going to find. So please consider that if you're if you're looking into you know you know, gaining more knowledge on turf grass science, you can go look at this stuff for free and and get a basic general idea. Even if you don't have to, even if you don't want to download the entire article. We're gonna. Skip through this a fair amount here, but the basic introduction is this: when the when the with the increasing costs of nitrogen fertilizers and the potential for nitrate pollution of lakes and groundwater, efficiency in nitrogen management is extremely important. That's the same today. I mean, we still have to be very efficient on how we manage nitrogen. Application of slow-release nitrogen tend. You're going to see this a lot. You're going to see this word "tend" quite a bit in this article. That's the one thing I would say about this article: is um, is Problematic is that we don't use the word tend in scientific literature nowadays. And that in, back in the day, I guess it was more, more acceptable, but you're going to see in here, X, you know, treatment tended to increase quality, but there was no difference. So the word tend is a way to smuggle in significance when there's no significance. So I can say the earth tends to look flat when I'm looking at the ocean, it tends to look flat but it's not so that it, it it's a way to like i said to to sneak in significance when there is none so whenever you see the word tend, you just don't you want to you want to look at the data and actually see what's biologically significant or statistically significant but as a as a reviewer and as a editor of these or past reviewer and past editor of these journals that's always a little bit concerning to me when i see these these words because it's we we want to be careful about how we word things so that the reader can walk away with some confidence that this is actually what happened, or this isn't what, not what happened, or whatever. Anyway, applications of slow-release nitrogen tend to minimize leaching losses by reducing concentrations of nitrate in the soil solution, and then he goes into some literature about how that happens. The benefits of late-season nitrogen applications to cool-season grasses are well-documented. We talked, well, there's a whole playlist on on late fall applications particularly in cool season grasses on my channel just go to the playlist i think it's called late late fall fertility or late something like that late season fall fertility and we talked but for a month i think there's 10 or 12 articles or more in there about late season fall fertility and he has some of the these these two articles the schmidt oh i didn't go over the schmidt and blazer paper i don't think on my channel but the pal 67 paper i went over however the potential for nitrate losses is greatest from fall to early spring when rainfall exceeds evaporation and temperatures reduce plant uptake of nitrogen. So this sentence, although I didn't highlight it, is, is important. I'm gonna bring it on the screen here. However, the potential for nitrate losses is greatest from fall to early spring. So basically all winter when the rainfall exceeds, and this is in Indiana, rainfall exceeds evapotranspiration and temperatures reduce plant uptake. So in the in the winter, even in cool season grasses, there is a reduction reduction of plant growth and reduction of plant uptake. But there's oftentimes still water. It, it just rained probably a quarter inch last night here in Kentucky. And my grass isn't growing at all, and it's been raining all January, basically the entire month of January. It rained here in Lexington, and the grass isn't growing. So these this this is where the increased risk comes from. These late season fall up late season applications in late fall or early winter, <clears throat> where they'll say, Well, go ahead and put it down and it'll be here next spring. We there's plenty of evidence that I went over on the channel on the playlist that says that clearly concludes that's unnecessary. It increases the risk of off site movement. You can just go out in the spring and put out some nitrogen then, and avoid all that winter risk, put it out a little bit before or right at um greening in the spring when the grass begins to grow and you'll be fine. This concept of putting out organics and this slow-release stuff, we need to move past that in the, in the winter. There, there's no need, and there's not really any good reason to apply really any source of nitrogen at a time or in a location, i.e. surface or subsurface or whatever. At a time or a location where the turf grass can't take it up. Okay. The only benefit goes to the sales, salesman, really. The benefits not to the turf the turf can't take it up there's increased risk because it can move off site and you can simply avoid that and apply it in the spring and probably have as good or better responses by doing it then rather than doing it in the late fall or early winter and that's what he says here in this article right here so it's clear and this was from 1986 and even today i think even today it's probably even getting worse where people are still putting out these organics and these slow release materials in december and january I will put it out and it'll still be here and, you know, we can keep ignoring the evidence if you want to, but eventually the government's going to come around and shut this stuff down and we're going to complain that there's too many regulations. Okay, I've seen it happen many, many times and, you know, it's inevitable if we just continue to ignore the evidence. Since leaching and denitrification are the primary means of nitrate loss, if, so for those who don't know, denitrification is the gaseous loss of nitrogen from the nitrate form to the nitrite form. It goes up into uh, to the atmosphere. And leaching, of course, and we all know what that is, is movement below the, the rooting zone. But denitrification is the loss. So nitrate can be lost in two forms, either movement downward or even laterally away from the plant or through gaseous loss as well. Those are the primary means of nitrate loss. Efficiency in nitrogen management may be improved with nitrification inhibitors. Dicyandiamide, and I'm going to refer to it as DCD for the rest of the paper, obtained from this company, is an organic nitrogen compound which inhibits the cytochrome oxidase involved in ammonium oxidation by nitrosomonas bacteria. So that's a long-winded way and a sort of a scientific way of saying there's a bacteria that's required to convert ammonium to nitrate and it blocks that function. It stops the conversion at that Point in the nitrogen cycle. So the urea that converts over to ammonium in the presence of DCD, the intent is to keep it in the ammonium form so that you reduce the gaseous loss of nitrogen through denitrification and you reduce the nitri- nitrate leaching by keeping it in a, in a cationic form of ammonium rather than an anionic form of nitrate. Okay. For those people who aren't familiar with soil science, nitrates will generally leach much more readily because they're negatively charged than ammonium, which is positively charged. And our soils will generally hold on to positively charged uh, elements or ions. Okay. So that's the reason why there's some um, value, at least in agriculture, keeping it in ammonium form. They're trying to prevent it to be converting convert to nitrate because we have much more likelihood of it being lost in the nitrate form than ammonium and all that's pretty true in the literature you'll see that in the literature you'll see quite a bit of evidence that that does happen not so much in this paper <laughs> we're going to see but um i will agree with that and i think the literature fairly you know it's fairly clear on that but again like i have said before i don't particularly care about that per se I care if that occurs, and in turn, there's a
0: benefit to the turf grass,
1: then I care. Right? In other words, increased color, increased quality, increased growth, whatever metric you want to look at. Because if it maintains the ammonium form, and it prevents leaching and prevents denitrification, that's all fine if you want to look at it from an environmental perspective. That's good. But if it maintains an ammonium form, there's no benefit to the turf, then... You're not going to see that in. You're not going to see a return on your investment in that product, so that's why I, what I care about primarily. There's an environmental component as well that i you know I'm interested in as well. But for turf grass managers, we're interested in, main, in creating a product in, with the minimum impact of the environment and minimum cost. Most nitrification inhibitors are too volatile to broadcast applications. To turf grass. DCD is a non-volatile inhibitor. That can be incorporated into urea and ammonium sulfate granules. This study was initiated to evaluate a urea, ammonium sulfate, and a complete fertilizer, all amended with DCD at different application rates and timing for use in the nitrogen fertilization program of Wabash, Kentucky bluegrass. Comparisons were made with standard turf fertilizers, both soluble and slow release nitrogen sources, to observe any benefit of the DCD. So, I'm not going to show every possible nitrogen source they use in here. I'm going to focus primarily on urea and ammonium sulfate and the control. But you're more than welcome to go in here and and read the whole thing and get all the information you want about all the additional comparisons they
2: made.
0: Okay,
1: this research was conducted at the Purdue Agronomy Farm near West West Lafayette, Indiana. The test site was a one-year-old Wabash, Kentucky bluegrass. Maintenance fertilization had been kept to a minimum prior to this experiment, and plots were irrigated with si- when signs of wilt appeared. And you're going to see that the, the fertility being kept at a minimum is obvious in the study as, a, um, as evidenced by the control. The, the quality of the controlled turf grass was below acceptable limits, meaning they picked the right location to put this if the turf grass is already acceptable you can have some you can pull some results out of that you can pull some conclusions out of that um, but if the turf's acceptable all the time with no nitrogen it's not quite as meaningful or impactful to me as if you started off with a turf grass that's not acceptable obviously the treatments consisted of urea ammonium sulfate and a complete fertilizer which was a thirty-two-two-four. In 1981 and 1982, in a 22 four ten in 1983, we're not going to talk about the complete fertilizer a whole lot, so it's sort of irrelevant, but I wanted to mention that there is a complete fertilizer in here if you're looking for that. All of them were amended with DCD so that 10% of the nitrogen was derived from DCD. Also, ammonium sulfate with 15% of the nitrogen from DCD was included in 1981 and 1982, but our initial results indicated no benefit of additional DCD. So what he's saying is, no benefit. he's not saying no benefit of DCD, he's saying no benefit of the additional DCD. Uh, so there was no need to put in 15%, they just put in 10 So ammonium sulfate with 10% of the nitrogen from DCD was substituted in 1983 and 1984. The study was initiated on July 10th of 1981. Treatments were reapplied on September, the 1st of September, and then in 1981. And then application dates for 1982, 83, and 84 were as follows. So I'm going to read the application dates for those listening the first application in 1982 all the applications of the first of the year were made basically at the end of may so 1982 83 and 84 it was at the end of may 1982 83 and 84 the second application was essentially at the beginning of july and then the third application was towards the end of august or the first of september and the last application was either the 82 was the middle of october but 83 and 84 was the middle of november So they're doing four applications of one pound. They also have um, information here about two applications of two pounds, and I'll talk about that coming up. Treatments were applied, well, here it is. Treatments were applied at a rate of one pound of nitrogen split split into four equal applications or two pounds of nitrogen in two equal applications for a yearly rate of four pounds of nitrogen per year. The two applications of two pounds of nitrogen was applied at the first and fourth date. So it was applied at the end of May, and it was applied towards the middle to the end of August when they applied two pounds of nitrogen.
2: Okay.
0: Okay, so the clipping yields. Clipping yields
1: consisted of, I can't, that's a, there's a, what is that point? Okay, that's it's a little bit messed up here in the in the PDF. I can't read that. But I'm going to say it consisted of a 40 centimeter swath cut with a reel mower at 50 millimeters height across the length of the plot when the grass was approximately 75 millimeters tall okay so it was cut at 50 millimeters once it got up to 75 millimeters so they're staying within the two-thirds rule even in 1986 really visual quality ratings were taken approximately every two weeks during the growing season quality was based on a scale from one to ten with ten being optimal one being very poor and a rating of 6.1 was selected as a minimum standard for acceptable turf. Nowadays, this rating scale, I mean, you can rate it however you want, but generally, turf scientists have, you know, non verbally <laughs> agreed that a one to nine scale with six minimum acceptable is generally what we'll use. That doesn't have to be that way, but generally, that's the case. And back then, it was one to 10, this person used, and he used 6.1. So six was not acceptable, but anything greater than six, I guess, would be how, the, how I would read that. In the spring and fall, five 25-millimeter plugs. I'm reading this because there's a little bit of confusion in one of the tables, and I want to make sure we're clear on what happened here. Actually, I'm not clear on what happened. I'm going to read it, and maybe you guys can figure out if it's clear or not. In the spring and fall, five 25-millimeter 20 millimeter diameter plugs were taken into a depth- Of 40 centimeters. So that would be
0: like. um, What is 40 centimeters? Probably. 10 inches. I guess I can do the math. 8 inches. I guess it's
2: 8 inches. Oh 15 inches. Oh that can't be right. Is it 8 centimeters? Did I say 8? What did
0: I say? 80 centimeters? Lost my place. Depth of point, oh, depth of 0. 0.4 meters, so, okay, 40. Must have misspoke there. Yeah, 5th
2: That doesn't look right. Yeah, no, it is. 0. 0.4 meters. That's deep. That's 15 inches. Oh, and then, okay, and
1: then the sample, the, 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 okay, so they went down 15 inches. And then the sample was divided to the top seven inches and the bottom seven inches, essentially, is what they did. And the, That's awful deep, but that's fine.
0: In the fall of 1984, the top seven inches, the top seven-inch sections were divided
1: into zero. This is really confusing. Zero to 80 and 80 to 200-millimeter samples. I don't think they could get more confusing. So they split it up in the top three inches. So the, basically in 1984, they, they went down 15 inches, and then they, they, they cut that in half. So they looked at the top half, and they looked at the bottom half. And then in 1984, they just looked at the top three inches, and then the remaining 12 inches, I guess, is what they did in 1984. I'm not sure why they did that. They what probably happened? I don't know if I can read their mind or not. But it probably happened is they probably didn't see anything happen in the first two years in the top, you know, seven inches, and so they just decided to look at what's happening up closer to the surface of the soil, a surface of the turf grass, to see if they'd see any differences there. I don't know if that's what they did or not, but I don't know if that's why they did it. But regardless, okay. So let's that's that's all the materials and methods. So so let's set the stage. They're applying urea, ammonium sulfate, and a complete fertilizer with DCD and without DCD on Kentucky bluegrass in Indiana in 1981, 82, 83, and 84. Okay, they're going to look at turfgrass quality. They have some clipping yield information in here as well, and then they also did some soil um, sampling to see the amount of ammonium and the amount of nitrate that existed in the soil at different depths. So the the idea is is that with the application of DCD, you should in theory have greater quantities of ammonium in the soil. And l- less quantities of nitrate in the soil, because the DCD is, is intended to hold the nitrogen in the ammonium form and reduce the amount of nitrogen in the nitrate form. Okay, that's what you should see. And if you are, you know, enhancing the efficiency, or maintaining a greater quantity of nitrogen in the soil, you should, in turn, see a response in the turf grass, more color, or more growth. Something along those lines, because the concept is, well, we're we're losing less of the nitrogen to gas, therefore more of the nitrogen is remaining in the soil, and therefore the turf grass should respond favorably in those cases. That's what you should see. That's what their idea. That's what the idea behind this was. Okay, let's see. Let's look and see what happened here. I'm going to show most of the results in the figures and tables, but I'll read a little bit at the beginning. Turf grass response to apply applications of urea ammonium sulfate, and DCD-amended fertilizers were similar throughout this study. (laughs) Except for one date when it applied two pounds of nitrogen at two um, two applications in 1983. So, I mean, really, you don't even really need to read anymore. I mean, we're going to, you know. But it just says right there, turf yield response to um, the applications of urea, ammonium sulfate, or the same as when you applied urea and ammonium sulfate with DCD. So whether you, whether you invested the money to put in this you know, stabilized compound into the urea and ammonium sulfate, you're adding, a pro- you're adding cost, you're adding a product to stabilize the nitrogen, to keep more of it available to the plant, quote-unquote available to the plant. And it says turf yield response was the same whether you had it in there or whether you didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, what a great way to start the results. A great
0: sentence like that. I love it.
1: I will read this next sentence because I don't know if I'm going to show the graphs or not, but let me just read this because it's a little bit... Sometimes they did this in the past where if two treatments were similar or there was no differences between them, they wouldn't show one. They would just show the other. Because a lot of times they did all these comparisons and all they did fifteen treatments and you put all on one line graph it all gets confusing you can't see anything, and so generally in the past they would just eliminate one if they were the same. Nowadays I don't I don't think we would really do that. But let me read this. It says consequently yield yields of ammonium sulfate and the complete fertilizer plus DCD treatments of four one-pound applications and ammonium sulfate of two two-pound applications were not presented in the graph meaning there was no differences so they didn't show those treatments okay is what it is so that was the yield I'll show the yield uh in this table here I'd be happy to but essentially there's no difference so what I've done here in this table is table one the summary of treatment mean comparisons of clippings by weight now if you were here yesterday you saw some statistics that were a little bit peculiar. They were a little bit different than what you would see today, where today you might see least significant differences, or you might see A's and B's and C's, and whichever ones have the same letter or the same, and which are, you know, so forth. You might see that in today. And in before the last, really around the turn of the century, they started moving more towards that A's and B's and Glimmixes and GLM models and all these other things duncan's and you know dunnett's and all these other things where they're more there are multiple comparison tests post hoc multiple comparison tests but before that there was a lot more usage of these single degree contrasts where you have you can only make so many comparisons based upon the degrees of freedom that you have and that's what that was yesterday's paper where you have like ammonium sulfate compared to ammonium sulfate with dcd you can they're just making that comparison and they're not comparing ammonium sulfate to every other treatment Okay, and that's what you're going to see in this study as well. Okay, so in this study on table one, you're going to see urea versus urea with DCD. And I kind of like this because it's very straightforward. Okay, and you're going to see 1982, 1983, and 1984. And you're going to see two columns. One column is one is greater than two, meaning the treatment column one, which in this case is urea, is greater or was greater than the turf response to the treatment in column two, which in this case was urea, plus DCD. And they're gonna have dates. So of all the rating dates that they took, when it was, when it met that criteria, when it was greater than, one treatment was greater than the other, then they included the date in which that occurred. And, The number of times where urea was greater, the turfgrass response to urea was greater than the turfgrass response to urea plus DCD was zero in 1982, okay? There was one date where the turfgrass response to urea plus DCD was greater than urea, and that that was on May 3rd in 1982. So that one date, there was a difference. All other rating dates in 1982, there were no differences between the two. Okay, and they took rating date, or they took clipping weights. I think every other, every other rating date. I can't remember. I have to go back and look. But there was multiple, multiple clippings. Actually, we can look it up here. I think.
2: Let's see. Uh, let me see
0: how frequently they did clippings. I don't know if they. They should say it in here, but maybe they didn't.
2: I don't
1: see how frequently they did the clippings. Clippings is in this paragraph here, but I don't see how frequently they did it. It's probably in here, I'm just missing it. Oh, it just says, yeah, that says, whenever it got to 75 millimeters, they cut it back down to 50, but they don't see the number of, the number of times they did it, regardless. Uh, there's multiple collections in the in the in 1982 because you can see below there was at least three because there's three times where they differed. Anyway, okay. In 1983, there were no differences between urea and D C and urea plus DCD. Urea plus DCD was never greater, and urea was never greater than urea plus DCD. So the entire year of 1983 there was no benefit to applying an, a product that is of greater expense being DCD. In 1984 is the same thing. There was no differences in. Did I say? Quality. I meant clipping weights. There was no differences in clipping weights in 1983 or 1984 when we added DCD to urea. So now, when we add DCD to ammonium sulfate in 1982, in 1983, and 1984, there was never a time where the the inclusion of DCD resulted in a difference in clipping weight compared to just urea alone. So I'm I'm sorry, ammonium sulfate alone. Okay. So there between ammonium sulfate and urea. There was only one date in the first year where your DCD resulted in greater growth. Every other date for every other year, they were the same for clipping weights. When you look at sulfur-coated urea versus the urea, ammonium sulfate, and the complete, basically what the other, just sulfur-coated alone, compared to all the other nitrogen sources with DCD, we see three dates where the sulfur coat resulted in greater clipping weights than the, the the nitrogen sources with DCD in 1982. And then we see two where the nitrogen sources with DCD were greater than 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 sulfur coat. And then the remainder of 83 and 84, there was one time where the clipping weight was greater from SCU. There was a couple of times when clipping weight was, clipping weights were greater using DCD nitrogen sources. It just went back and forth. In other words, it was basically a wash. There was some times when urea resulted in greater growth. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. SCU resulted in greater growth, and there were some times when DCD compounds resulted in greater growth, and the other times there was no difference. Okay, this was all when the nitrogen was applied at two pounds, two times. When the nitrogen was applied at one pound, four times, there was only one difference among any of these. Okay, and it was when, in in 1982, urea plus DCD resulted in greater growth than straight urea once. on June 3rd. Every other time, there was no additional growth resulting from the inclusion of DCD to urea, to ammonium sulfate, to the complete fertilizer. There was no measured increase in clipping weights. So if you want to increase the growth rate of your grass, there was really not much strong evidence at all that you can, you can rely, there is no strong evidence in this paper that you can rely upon DCD to provide that result. Because sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work, sometimes not including it actually was better for clipping weights. Okay. But let's go to turf quality. As you all probably know, the turf quality is where I put a lot of my confidence. And here's another tended to. Turf quality tended to be higher for the DCD amended fertilizers than that of urea. And ammonium sulfate and i really wish you know i hope nowadays the editors take this stuff out because if you just read that sentence you go oh, well i should include it but then the very next sentence says, not even it's, it's a comma and then it's the same sentence says although comparisons were not significant well they're not significant then what are you going to do so let's look at that to see if they're actually biologically significant so here's the quality in table two i've, I've turned these into graphs so we're going to look at all these data in graph format make it a little bit more visual and easier for you all, I hope, to to pick up differences. So in graph format, we'll see the influence of DCD on uh, Kentucky Bluegrass quality. Was that two pounds? Okay, so the two pounds applied twice. And we see that in 1982, there was no benefit to applying DCD in terms of quality. There was no benefit here. This is not significant. And then, oh, wait. Did I have, oh, hang on a second. Let me fix
0: this. This is, there's something missing here.
2: Oh. Oh, There's something missing from the legend. Hang on a second. Let me fix this. There's something missing from the legend. I don't want to confuse anybody. Why is that? Yeah, okay, there we go.
1: Yeah, the SCU was not showing up on that, um, on that. Okay, now we see SCU. So we see the different this this blue and orange. So for those looking listening, I'm in 1982. The quality of the urea was above six, which was the minimum acceptable limit, and the urea plus DCD was basically the same. The urea, in 1982, with ammonium sulfate, the quality was right at six. It went up a little bit, but uh, to six and a half or something. There was no statistical difference, and biologically, I I would I wouldn't argue that that's the same. I mean, different. I would say that's probably the same. And then the inclusion of sulfur coat was the same. So, for all those um, talking about, you know, these slow release nitrogen sources resulting in greater quality and longevity or whatever, I've mentioned before, generally there's not a lot there to support that. There is benefit to applying um, slow releases. I'm going to go into that, you know, if I I, have I already gone on the slow release? I don't, but I'll go into it. There's benefits, but increased color and increased longevity generally isn't supported. And here's some more evidence of that because the color, I'm sorry, the quality from, scu was the same from the quality by urea the same for ammonium sulfate in 1982 and you'll see the same thing in 1983 there are no differences these are all the same uh, whether and they're all right around six six and a half nothing nothing much greater than about six and a half whether it was from urea or ammonium sulfate or whether it was in dcd was included or not or whether you use sulfur coated urea their qualities were all basically the same they said you know that the, what they said in the text was they tended to be what he's talking about is this little increase here you know, these 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 small little increases is where you can smuggle insignificance when there is none. And I would say this is not, well, we know it's not statistically significant. And I would say biologically that's not significant. You're not going to be able to see a difference between a six and a six and a half by the majority of people. It's very, I mean, maybe a well-trained scientist with a very keen eye for quality could pull that out. But six to six and a half is cutting hairs. Okay. So I would say biologically and Scientific or statistically, this is not significant. And then in 1984, it was the same thing. The sulfur coat urea was the same as the urea, same as ammonium sulfate. The inclusion of DCD didn't increase anything statistically or biologically in terms of the quality of Kentucky bluegrass when it was applied at two pounds at the beginning of the summer and then two pounds in the middle of the summer. Okay. Let's look and see what happens when the nitrogen was applied four times at one pound. So at four pound, four times at one pound, we also, man, that's, this is, this is the control in this case. I thought I had this fixed, but this is, let me fix this again. So you don't, nobody thinks I'm screwing something up. This is a control in this, on this particular graph. It's not sulfur coat. So this is the control. And the reason I included that is to show that the, the location was suitable because without applying nitrogen, the, the, the non-treated turf grass was a four. Which you will know, and your customers will know, and your super the superintendent, and the members, and the the football players, and soccer players, they're going to know if you're, if the turf grass is a four, it's not going to be acceptable. And that in 1983, it was closer to a three, and 1984 it was closer to a four. So it floated in the threes or fours when you applied no nitrogen, and when you applied urea, of course, the quality goes up to about six and a half in 1982 when you applied four one pound apps. And the urea plus DCD, This is again, this is what they're talking about, 10 to 2, 6.5 to 7 when you apply DCD. This is statistically insignificant, and I would say biologically it's insignificant. You're not going to be able to see a 6.5 to a 7 or a 6.8 to a 7, whatever this, diff, this gap is here, okay, between ammonium sulfate and ammonium sulfate plus DCD in 1982. 1983, essentially the same thing. The quality was generally lower across the board in 1983, down closer to 5.5, 5.8 from all treatments. And then in 1984, uh, the treatment qualities, the turfgrass qualities went up to about six, a little over six, something like that, with no, no increase in, from the inclusion of DCD, okay?
0: So here's the quality, and they said there's no
1: statistical significance, you can look at that table, and this is all the exact same data, okay? So from from that PDF or that PowerPoint, that's where I, this is where I pulled all the PowerPoint data. From this particular table and there's just there's no there's not a lot there to support including and you'll see that this one they use actually a least least significant difference and you'll see there's no there's no significant differences among any of these quality ratings except for when the from the control there was a difference between applying nitrogen and not applying nitrogen so let's look at the recovery in the nitrogen tissue oftentimes we get this argument sometimes well I'm going to apply this because it's it's enhanced efficiency so it's going to increase nitrogen use efficiency and again, you know occasionally you'll see something most of the time you don't so in table three we see urea and urea plus dcd ammonium sulfate and ammonium sulfate plus dcd and then we have sulfur coated urea and we have the four one pound apps and the two two pound apps here on the same table and when you see these values here so i'm gonna say urea and then urea plus dcd it's the percent of nitrogen that was applied that was recovered in leaf tissue and when you just applied urea with four one pound apps, you got thirty seven percent of the nitrogen in, in the leaf tissue, and when you applied urea plus plus ten percent DCD, you got thirty eight. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's just there's just not a lot there, <laughs> okay? And it says and it says non significant here. So urea plus urea plus DCD versus urea plus DC, there's no difference between these two. When you look at ammonium sulfate, you see thirty two point six, let's just say thirty three. And well, let's say thirty-two point six, and then thirty-five point four when DCD was added. So you went from thirty-two point six percent of the nitrogen taken up to thirty-five percent of the nitrogen taken up, and it do, it actually was statistically significant. Okay, biologically, I'm like, eh, that's not particularly of a wow factor to me. You're gaining a couple percentage points, you know, if that's what you if that's what you want. It, it didn't result in any increased quality. Didn't result in any increased growth, but there's a little bit there from ammonium sulfate when you applied four one-pound apps for including DCD. So the question you ask yourself is, am I willing to pay double for the nitrogen to get 35% in the tissue compared to 32% in the tissue of what was applied when there's no increase in quality and there was no influence on yield? It's up to you to make that choice. When we look at when the nitrogen was applied as two pounds twice, then there were no differences at all. The inclusion of DCD had no influence on the nitrogen leaf tissue content, the leaf leaf tissue content of nitrogen. There was no benefit or disadvantage to to including DCD in with urea or ammonium sulfate. And you see the inclusion of sulfur coat was... um, There was no difference at all between that either. So sulfur coat resulted in equivalent
0: leaf tissue nitrogen.
1: Okay. Now let's look at the soil inorganic nitrogen. This is a little bit more complicated, but I'll sum it up by basically saying not a lot happened. Okay. (laughs) Really. The one thing that you should bank on, theoretically speaking, on these DC on DCD is that you're gonna have greater ammonium in the, in the soil compared to nitrate in the soil. That's one thing you, at least in the agricultural literature, it's fairly consistent that that's going to be, uh, the conversion is gonna be slowed. So you would expect greater quantities of ammonium than greater quantities of nitrate. And, and you know, across the board, that's, that's what the compound's supposed to do. But in turfgrass systems, we just don't see a lot there, okay? So when we look at, and I'm looking at table four for those listening, and we're looking at the effect of nitrogen sources from two two two-pound applications on ammonium and nitrate concentrations in the top 20 centimeters, okay? So what was that?
0: Top Top 20 centimeters is, I can't do those conversions in my head very quickly.
1: Top eight inches, basically. Okay? So top eight inches. We look in 1982, and we see nothing, urea was applied. And when urea was applied with DCD, there were no differences between the quantities of ammonium and the quantities of nitrate. When you included DCD, it was the same. So what they're talking about is these two values here. 5.2 and 5.5 milligrams, a kilo, milligrams per kilogram, parts per million, of ammonium. When urea was applied, it was 5.2. When urea plus DCD was applied, it was 5.5, and those weren't different. And then with nitrate, 4.3 milligrams or parts per million when when urea was applied and 5.7 when DCD was applied with it. No significant difference. When the DCD was applied with ammonium sulfate, there was an increase in ammonium in 1982 from three three parts per million to five. So, not quite doubling the ammonium in 1982 from ammonium sulfate. There was no difference in nitrate. So, that little bit there in ammonium form, it maintained a greater quantity of nitrogen in the ammonium form when DCD did, when nitrogen was applied as ammonium sulfate in 1982, when it was applied with two pound, two two pound abs. Okay. When 19, uh, that was in May of 1982. In November of 1982, the inclusion of DCD to urea and to ammonium sulfate did nothing in terms of its changing the differences or changing the amount of ammonium compared to nitrate. There was no, it didn't have an effect on the quantity of ammonium or quantity of nitrate. In 1983, in April of 1983, again, nothing. No differences in ammonium and nitrate in in April of 1984. No differences between ammonium and nitrate, and then in 1980, the, in December of 1984. Remember, they split it, so they're just looking at the top three or four inches compared to you know to each other there, and then they looked at the bottom 12 inches, and they did see more differences there, where the uh, DCD resulted in greater quantities of ammonium when it was applied as ammonium sulfate in the top. Four inches, but or not but but that's what happened by that. But with urea, it didn't show any benefit um, with the inclusion of DCD to urea. In other words, the inclusion of DCD to urea did not result in greater quantities of ammonium compared to just applying urea alone, which is what the compound's supposed to do. It 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 was effective when it was applied as ammonium sulfate, but not when applied as with urea. All right, and then when you looked at nitrate. The the, uh, urea and ammonium sulfate both resulted in greater quantities of nitrate. In other words, the DCD resulted in less nitrate from urea and from ammonium sulfate. So there was a little bit there um, in terms of what we would expect to see from the inclusion of DCD when it comes to the the nitrate. The population of nitrate in the soil should be greater using the DCD, using the, I'm sorry, should be less when using DCD than when using, than when not using DCD, okay? So there's a little bit there at the end of the year 1984 when you looked at the very top of the soil. Remember, none of these resulted in greater quality of turf grass and none of them resulted in greater increased growth of turf grass, okay? But there is a little bit going on in the soil at the end of the year 1984. The majority of time, you see nothing happening. 1982, 1983, the beginning of 1984, the end of 1982, nothing happened there was no influence in ammonium and nitrate when you included dcd that was two two pound apps when you look at two one pound apps it gets worse for dcd unfortunately um 1982 when you applied four one pound applications there was no difference in ammonium when you included dcd there was no differences in nitrate when you included dcd so when you use urea or ammonium sulfate they were the same whether you included dcd or not in 1982 in the November of 1982 ammonium sulfate resulted in less ammonium I should let me say it backwards ammonium sulfate with DCD resulted in greater quantities of ammonium than without DCD so there was a little bit there and you're looking at this right here 5, five parts per million versus 14 parts per million so you almost tripled the amount of ammonium in the uh, nitrogen in the form of ammonium when DCD was included that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to maintain greater quantities in the ammonium form. And it did that in 1982, November of 1982, but only when it was in the form of ammonium sulfate, not when it was included as urea. And again, nothing, this didn't result in a benefit to the turf. Nothing changed in benefit of the turf, but in the soil, there was more quantities of ammonium. However, in 1980, and then nothing happened in 1983. No difference in ammonium and nitrate. In 1984, the opposite happened where ammonium sulfate resulted in greater quantities of ammonium than ammonium sulfate with DCD. So you can wash these out basically, (laughs) okay? This is what we're talking about right here. One time DCD resulted in more, one time no no DCD resulted in more. And then in 1984, the same thing happened again. Ammonium sulfate resulted in more ammonium than ammonium sulfate with DCD in the top four inches, okay? And then and nothing happened with urea except in, with the nit- uh, nitrate. The DCD did result in greater quantities of nitrate, which it should result in le- less quantities of nitrate than urea. This is what we're talking about here is 4.8 versus 6.8. The inclusion of DCD should result in less nitrate, but it resulted in more nitrate in one rating day or one sample collection at the end of 1984. So basically the, the, the take-home of the soil nitrate and ammonium is, is basically a wash. Sometimes it resulted in more ammonium. Sometimes it resulted in less ammonium. Sometimes it resulted in more nitrate. Sometimes it resulted in greater nitrate. And most of the time, nothing happened.
0: Okay. We're going to come down to the end here. Uh, Let me see if I can...
1: Okay. At the, the very end of... This is the end of the paper. Although DCD inhibited nitrification for a short period when two pounds of nitrogen was applied twice, except for slightly higher visual quality, remember nothing happened statistically, they're just saying it tended to be higher, except for slightly higher visual quality, it did not improve turf response to soluble nitrogen applications over three years at either fertilization regime. And just remember, except for slightly higher visual quality, there was no higher visual quality. Okay, so what they're saying is the application of DCD to to urea or ammonium sulfate when it was applied two times at two pounds didn't improve turf response over three years. Okay, however, and then it keeps going under. Okay, oh, he tries to explain what's going on. Let me just read this because there's not much left. A possible explanation is that leaching of nitrate was not a significant problem, and periods conducive to denitrification occurred long after DCD application, when nitri- nitrate concentrations were similar between DCD emitted fertilizers, urea and ammonium sulfate. Under conditions favorable to leaching of nitrate, high seasonal rainfall and coarse textured soils, DCD may prevent nitrogen loss. I'm sorry, nitrate losses for two to three weeks at a rate of, I guess that's a quarter pound of nitrogen. I don't know where they got that from, but However, this short period of effectiveness would not warrant its use as an inhibitor in turf nitrogen programs at application rates less than a quarter pound an. I don't know where they're getting this quarter, just less than a quarter pound. I guess maybe it's just DCD. And that's what they're probably saying. Just the DCD less than a quarter pound. I don't know where they're getting that from, but it's a little bit vague how they worded that. Increased ammonium uptake may account for the slightly higher TUR quality. Remember, there was no higher TUR quality. I don't know why they're saying that. But the limited effect of DCD on nitrification does not support this premise. So there you go. The slow release of nitrogen from the breakdown of DCD was not evident. The nitrification patterns implied rapid breakdown of DCD, but the amount of nitrogen derived from DCD was probably not large enough to measure a response. Yeah, so that 19 point, so the quarter of a pound was the nitrogen from in the DCD form, I guess is what they're saying there, okay. So the short and skinny of it is nothing happened and it didn't warrant a response. Did not improve turf response to soluble nitrogen over three years,
0: okay. And it says
1: the, the short period of effectiveness of DCD, which essentially it sounds like it was effective for right after application, maybe. But it would not warrant its use as an inhibitor in turf nitrogen programs. That's what it said. So the, short, the, the summation of this whole study is when you included a more expensive product compound into urea or ammonium sulfate, that being DCD in this case, the compound, that's in the, the additive that's intended to reduce nitrification, which in turn reduces denitrification and leaching. That's the intent. It didn't really have much of effect on the species of nitrogen in the soil. Sometimes it was more ammonium, sometimes it was more nitrate. Most of the time, nothing happened. It didn't have much of any effect on TURF quality, no statistical effect on turf quality. I would argue no biological effect on turf quality. And it had no, no statistical effect on turf grass yield, really, except for one or two points. But the majority of time, nothing happened. Okay. And again, this is a much more expensive product than just urea or just ammonium sulfate. So you're adding a lot of expense and you're not getting hardly anything in return. And in most cases, you wouldn't get any return. In some cases, you would actually get a negative return. Okay. So this paper certainly does not provide any evidence to um, warrant the inclusion of a DCD or DCD type product, a denit- or nitrification inhibitor type product in turf grasses. This, there's nothing here for that. And I'm going to show paper in the future that does have a little bit of evidence for that. But certainly the paper yesterday didn't support it at all. The, the paper today does not support it at all. Okay, guys? I'll read through the chat real quick, see if there's anything interesting you want me to, to address before I go.
0: Oh, good morning, UF
2: Gator. Oh, you're in Maryland. Hey, good to know. Good to know.
1: To till Turf. Good morning, all from Nova. I guess Nova Scotia. Okay, that's it. again. I'm sorry if you texted me. I see so many new new handles. It's good to see.
0: Uh, Mitch Bird says, we're lucky
1: and thankful for all your help. I have picked up more useful information in a few months than I have from 25 years of salesman pitching products. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that. Very, very kind. And Elevated lawnscapes it says you're late, but you made it. Yesterday's live, oh, so yesterday's show further supported your position on liquid versus granular in applications. Okay, well, that's good. good to hear. I mean, there's definitely value to both sorts of programs. You can provide, you can produce perfectly acceptable turf with liquid programs or with granular programs. Um, you know, there's risks associated with both and there's costs associated with both. But, um, you know, I'm glad you found some use out of it. I'm going to leave you with a little music today. Tomorrow I'll be on in the morning at 10 a.m. I will not be on tomorrow night and look for me probably Thursday or Friday, probably in the a.m. Um, potentially in the a.m. this week. I'll see what I can do about getting another, um, another show on before the end of this week. Okay, guys, really appreciate everybody showing up today. Thanks so much. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Be kind. Bye.